To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Welcome to another edition of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. We look at the personal lives of some of the people that work uh, at Wrigley Field. And I'm excited about this one. I've been trying to get it for a long time. Uh, I'm here with uh, probably the best uh, gate chief that I know. Like, even better than when I was a gate chief. And that is uh, Sheila Johnson. Sheila, how's it going? Great, Frank. Thanks for asking. Thank you. And it's funny, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you can say great, because as we were joking earlier, um, this has been a rough, rough, what, nine months for you? Actually, like six months. Six months. I feel like every time I message you, I need a prayer revival because I'm, I'm, there's something going on <laughs> in your life. I'm like, what is going on now? Uh, you want to give our audience that may not know, because most of the people that listen to this, they know you. You want to give a little update on how your last six months have been? Ah, yes, yes. Well, first, first off, uh, my nephew. <clears throat> my, I had a sister that passed away due to cancer, and she left two boys. One's Down syndrome, and the other one, he has mental, he's mentally challenged. And the one that's mentally challenged, he likes to walk, just like walk the neighborhood or whatever. And this particular day, he left to go to the store to walk the neighborhood, and I hadn't seen him in over three months. Wow. He disappeared. I had been calling the hospitals, um, the jails. I've even called the morgue, and they had no trace of him, like nothing. And then one day, all of a sudden, he just like reappeared, like out of nowhere just came back so what really gets me is that 
by his age, the hospital can't give me any information on him. Like he's chemically challenged, like he's 42 years old, but he's still chemically challenged and he's on medication that he has to take. And they just will tell me that he's not there. He's not in the hospital. Like I've searched and searched neighborhoods and I had a many sleepless nights. Man, because now, because he, he was at the hospital the whole time, right? Was he was he there the whole yeah, time? Yeah. Now that now that I find out that he was in the hospital the whole time, but they could not give me any information on him. I was and, just and so, like, so now though, so now when he goes outside, I'm assuming you, uh, you know, you what follow him around or whatever. What do you do now when he goes outside? Well, I kind of. I know. I, I wouldn't even want to go outside. Yeah, well, now the the neighborhood knows a little more about him, and they were saying that they thought he was homeless, and, you know, I had the police come here and let them know that this is where he stays, and, you know, they were thankful that I did that because they had to come to take the uh, missing report off because I had a missing report out from, I stay in Calumet City, so I had it from, like, Harvey to Dalton, Riverdale, um, South Holland, and uh yeah i had them like the missing report all over the south of uh the suburbs now they know that he has somewhere to live that he's just not a homeless person out here and um they don't really bother him or anything now that much which i'm thankful for and then last weekend i tried to interview you and i'm like um hey are you free and you're like "I i gotta bury somebody tell me about that Actually, um, rewind back on February the 1st, my son was picking me up from the hairdresser. Oh, and yeah. He and, yeah. he and I were driving down Sibley on our way home, going eastbound. And a vehicle was coming out of um, a fast food restaurant and T-boned the car and hit the whole right side of where I was. Um, <laughs> It was horrible. It was a horrible experience. Um, um, oh my God. I just, I was, I'm just bruised up so bad. I'm going to therapy three times a week. Um, I'm blessed to be here actually, because it was no cars coming westbound when we got T-bone. Um, we rent, we almost veered into a house, but some kind of way the car just drove into the, um, the driveway and made a complete stop. Um, We went to the hospital. Like I said, I have real bad body injuries. My body is injured real bad and a whole lot of bruises on the right side. This was my first time ever in my life, ever in a car accident. And I just, it's just like, I saw my life flash right before me. Every airbag in the car deployed. So now I'm home from the hospital. I'm laying up, getting meds, medicating myself. Four days later, I get a call that my sister passed away in her sleep from a massive heart attack. Oh, wow. Okay. This is actually my third sister that we've lost. Yeah, my third sister. Now, how many siblings do you have all together? It was eight of us. Okay. Now it's five. 
six girls and two boys. And, and everybody, I'm, I'm going to see my book. I want to see my book. Uh, I don't see, I'm not sure if you've seen I've it. I've ordered it, actually, Frank. I've ordered it. it. Okay. It's coming I'm gonna tomorrow. I'm going to send it to you. It may, it may be, because people listen to this may be like, my goodness, you know, she had all this going on. And uh, how could she possibly still believe in God? Or how could she possibly still uh, hold her head up high? But I, 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 see, I know you. And I, and I know that you are a person of faith. Um, and you probably would be the main people probably fill this book up five times. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't, that, don't, that don't know what I'm holding up, uh, this is the Dear God, Thanks for Everything uh, Gratitude Thanks for Journal. Everything. Um, I'm grateful. It, I, I tell God every day that I'm so grateful that I don't look like the hell that I've been through because yeah. I've been through a lot. And just to say the least, my daughter right now is in the hospital with a full-blown sickle cell crisis. But God has her. God has her. Yes. Um, I had told, um, I mistakenly told uh, Toya about her car accident, not remembering that car accidents cause her trauma because, you know, her kid's father died from yes. a car accident. So uh, I was, did I have to, oh my God, now I, I, I got to console Toya. I got to tell Toya about Sheila. Uh, so I got mm -hmm. Sheila on one hand, I got Toya on the other hand. Yeah. Uh, because Toya, yes. Toya, had, Toya, Toya had a rough time, you know. Uh, we were at the Bears game. Uh, she got the news uh, about, uh, uh, you know, her father, her kid's father uh, was killed in a car accident. Um, so this has been a, a lot. And it's funny because uh, it's not just you and Toya. I, on my timeline on Facebook, so many people are losing parents. I think Deb lost her mother. Uh, you know, uh, Eric lost his brother, brother and his father yes, uh, back yes. to back. Uh, just so much stuff is going on with people that we know. Because at first we thought, you know, that it would just be COVID. That would be the problem. We can get over COVID. Mm -hmm. But things that are going on now, Reese and Louie lost their mother. Uh, yes. There's just so much going on in the Cubs staff family that it's, I'm sure people are like, what can you do? Like, is, is there a God? You know, who, how, who's allowing all this to happen? And I know you all didn't tune into this to this episode to hear a sermon today, but but uh, this is just how me and Sheila talk when we get together. Yeah, yeah, true. That's true. Um, so um, let's go back though. Let's go way, way back. How many seasons have you been with the Cubs? Fifteen. I got my fifteen-year pen, actually. Oh wow! Okay, all right. And then so yeah. tell me. I don't remember totally my story. I know some of it, but do you remember how exactly how you found out about the Cubs job? Actually, a lady that works for Levy, she still works there. Her name is Linda Jones. Her and I used to work at another company together and the company had closed down or whatever. And I ran into Linda and she said, oh, you should come and work at the Cubs with me. So I said, oh, okay, yeah. So actually, this is a true story. I called the Cubs to get the address. Zidia answered the phone and she said, would you like for me to mail you an application? She mailed me the application. I filled it out and my kids and I were walking to the mailbox to actually mail the letter. And they were saying, peanuts, peanuts, peanuts. <laughs> they yeah. thought that, that would be my job title. Right. And Lord and behold, I got called for an interview. And Gene Sims, I don't know if you remember or not, he mm -hmm. interviewed me. And I've been there ever since. 
every six, now, where, six, did you sign security? Were you were you usher first or security? No, actually, I went in as a security. As security, I did nothing but security. Yeah. Now, when did you become a gate chief? Because you're known for the Bleacher Gate. You're known for that. So, when did you become the? Uh, when did you become a gate chief? Or how did you become? Actually, actually, I worked. Actually, I worked with Harry in the wheelchair rap. Okay. For maybe about five seasons. Okay. And then I became bag checking. I was bag checking at a gate. And then I, they moved me to gate D with Jonas. I was with Jonas for a long time as well. I did not I know that. Exactly. I did not know that. Yes. Not know that. Okay. I was, I was with Jonas a long time. Yeah. And after then, they moved me to the bleacher gate and then they just left me there. <laughs> And yeah. I actually love the Bleacher Gate. Yeah. I love, I love, love, love the Bleacher Gate. <laughs> That's how it used to be. Because, you know, uh, when I was a gate chief uh, back in the 90s, I was at Gate D, which is now Gate 1, every day, five years straight. Back back in the day, you had one spot. If you were, if you were good at it, yeah. you had one spot for the gate mm-hmm. chiefs. I was there mm-hmm. five, every day for five years. And then, as you know, mm-hmm. they built Gate H, which uh, yeah. four. And I was yeah. there every day uh, from mm-hmm. the day I built it until the day I became a supervisor. Um, so, you know, nowadays we have rotates to move around. But um, now I know that me and you share a love for Mike Smith. Uh, Mike Smith is everything to me. And I know he's everything to you, too. So <laughs> tell me about working with Mike Smith. It's a joy to work with Mike Smith. Like, it's a total joy to work with him. He's just like, uh, and even though I'm older than him, he's like my big brother. <laughs> like, serious. Like, he's just like uh, a big brother to me. Like, it's it's just a joy. Like, I just, I'm just elated. Every time I, I stay, say the bleacher gate, I'm like, oh, Mike Smith. <laughs> <laughs> And I've been following Audrey and the beautiful girls. Oh my gosh, they are beautiful, like beautiful. I really, really enjoy working with Mike Smith. So you were, you were, you were last season. You were gone for a while, and then you came back, and then so Mike Smith was gone for a while too because he had, had a baby and because uh, yeah. of COVID and whatever. So he, you know, so he comes back. Uh, his first day back, he comes and he decides obviously to the Bleacher Gate, but you're not there. So I'm all the way. On the other side of the stadium, I get a text from Mike. Uh, everybody knows Mike. Mike is like, Mike is in my circle. He's my top five. He's in my circle. So he, Mike texts me. I'm coming. I'm going to be going over to where he's at. So um, I go to where he's at. He goes, uh, Frank, I'm going to say, Frank, hey, how's it going? Or whatever. He goes, Frank, where's Sheila? And I'm like, um, I don't know. I, mean, I look at the sheet. Uh, I don't know if you were, I don't know where you were at. You were somewhere. But uh, he goes, I need, I need you to get Sheila. I'm like, Mike, I just can't move people around. He goes, yes, you can. <laughs> like, yes, you can. Uh, so, like, okay, give me a minute. See, I, I have to do a three-way change. I have to call this person supervisor to switch with this person over here to get you to the future gate. And then I get it done. And, and Mike goes, see, I know you can do it. He doesn't know the hell I had to go through to get to the future there. You remember that day? You remember that day? I remember that day. Everybody was like, where are you going? I said, Mike Smith. I'm going to see Mike. He called me out there and he's like, Frank, get it done. And walked away. Like, Frank, get it done. And and walked away. Like, like I run the stadium. Like, like I can make it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mike. 
That's right. Because like uh, he is so smart. He has so many master degrees. He is very intelligent. Yes, he is. A lot of people because he's always you know talking like like he talks. People think that he's not, but trust me, the man is. He's smarter than me. Like, he is smart. Intelligent. Yes. yes. Like, yes, yes. How I've had him on a podcast many times. Oh, yeah. I've had him on a podcast many, many, many times. This episode. Mm-hmm. Just, I've watched the podcast. Yeah. I didn't talk to him all day. I talked to Mike Smith all. We just went to, uh, I'm a, and this is this is to be about you, not Mike Smith, but we went to uh, the Bulls game for our birthday um, yeah. on this past Thursday. And uh, we're in the suite. The game is good too. We're in the suite talking about life and just talking about just like, because he's so amazing to talk to that yeah. you just can talk and talk about the kids and the baby and just and no now we can't forget Floyd. What do you what do you talk about Floyd? No, Floyd is my big brother. I love Floyd. Floyd and Floyd is genuine. Like yeah. he is just he's genuine. Yeah, yeah, I love working with Floyd as well. I mean, I love working with all the supervisors, you know, like, really, yeah. And I, yeah. Floyd is my big brother. I love, I love, love. It's like I'm in Floyd's family. Right. <laughs> hey, it's Frank from the Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark podcast. Listen, I get so many messages, emails, phone calls about investing because I talk about it so much on this show that I can't respond to them all. But what I've decided to do is do a class on Patreon for all of our supporters in two categories for those that are 40 and under and those that are 40 and older because investing is different based on your age i get asked frank what is an nft that these young folks are talking about what is cryptocurrency or i hear about frank is it time to readjust my 401k what's the best life insurance to get what about life insurance that has living benefits or the big one I just got a raise at my job, it's 2%, but inflation is 7%. Did I really get a loss? I have also noticed a trend. A lot of parents and or grandparents are starting to understand that the cost of college is skyrocketing. And they know that it is better to invest when your child is younger as opposed to later on. And I've recently been talking about how I have gotten some real estate and some stocks and some other investments into Jordan's name that he is taking care of if something were to ever happen to me. I'll break all of that down, how I did that, how you leave stuff to your children or loved ones in the will and all that good stuff on these investing sessions. Talking about all that and more on our Patreon page every week. Go and get it. Patreon.com slash Mistaken Identity Podcast. Let's get investing and generational wealth together. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. 
take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Reboots, reunions, reruns. No matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit Nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week, discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact, and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stayed the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. Now, because you're in the bleachers a lot at the gates, uh, when I first started Supervisor, I didn't really have you that much because I was always um, on the other side. Um, mm. But I, I will say this, though. When I did get the bleacher game for the first time, uh, it was easy for me because I knew you had it. Like, back then, supervisors, we gave our deployment to the gate chief, and the gate chief just did it. <laughs> they just handled it, uh, mm-hmm. which is why I'm always like, Sheila should be Sheila should be a supervisor. But most of the time, the gate chief, their next up is supervisor. Uh, but I always enjoyed getting the assignment to the butcher gate, like knowing you were there, because I know that I won't have anything to do. <laughs> Thank you, Fry. Thank you. <laughs> and you all know I love to eat. I can just eat. I just sit there and eat. Eat and eat, and you can run the gate. <laughs> uh, now, I do want to ask you this, though. I do want to ask you uh, so, what do you think um, in general? What do you think in general um, about what is going on um, in the world right now? Maybe you talk about this all the time about uh, kids on the south side and kids on the west side, um, and you know, a lot of the, the candy boys that hang out outside of the Bleacher Gate and what they really need. Um, what do you think our young people uh, either are missing or need today that our generation had? If you had, to, if you had to answer that question. Actually, I believe they need resources and structure, you know, and charity comes from home. Yeah. I was a single parent raising five kids. I couldn't hang out because I needed, I had four boys. You know, I didn't know how to be a father, but I had to be firm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to have tough love and be firm because it was just me by myself. And I think I did okay. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't have to run to the jailhouses. Uh, thank God. Mm-hmm. A few hospitals because one of my sons had asthma real bad. So I was in the hospital back and forth with asthma. But, and you know, they're still here. It's still in the land of the living. Uh, yeah. So I, I, uh, I was thinking about the candy boys the other day um, who were outside the gate all the time. Um, you know, just um, I always wondered like where the parents are. And we had to discuss all the time. Those boys outside the gate that sell the candy. 
you know, uh, you know where their parents are and, you know, uh, who would have their, I would never have my child out at Ridley Field um, selling candy to people and in a rude, you know, I just wouldn't do that. And we, we had, we discussed the candy boys all the time, which is why I asked you that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they are very annoying. <clears throat> and it was, it's just like, I couldn't see it neither. I couldn't see my kids out there. It's almost as if they're bagging, go earn it. You know, <laughs> yes. like, go earn it. Like I have a son, my daughter actually graduated. I mean, well, she has a certificate her degree in uh, cardiac stenography. So she works at the Heart Institute, which is right there at Advocate in Lincolnwood. My son, one of my sons owned a barbershop. He went to barber school and he has his own barbershop. Two of my sons live in Iowa. They're truck drivers. They drive trucks, they drive their own trucks. They have their own family, married, what have you. And my baby boy, of course, he's not working now because he was the driver of the vehicle that we were in the accident in. And he was working in Mokina, Illinois, uh, at the Kellogg factory. And now we have no we have no transportation. So, but I instilled in my kids that you have to get out here and get it on your own because no one is gonna give you anything. And I did all that by myself. I didn't get a, I didn't have a manual when it came to raising my kids. I just have to come in there and do what need to be done. <laughs> you know, so and, and, I look at those little boys and I'm like, you know, why? Yeah. Why um, today you can't even say anything to kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and it's funny because uh, you know at Wrigley, uh, people jokingly call me Malcolm X uh, because whenever <laughs> when it comes to those boys at Wrigley inside the park, the employees, the young boys, it is a problem. One of them, hey, but go see Frank. Go, you know, go go talk to Frank. Uh, okay. Frank will help you with some shoes or get a belt or get mm-hmm. um, what have you. And I've I've learned that it's not in my job description to uh, mentor the boy that Wrigley feel. But as a man, it is in my it's in my job description. Like if, if I if me me and Floyd put the same way, if we see somebody there who clearly needs a belt and is not wearing a belt four or five games in a row, Frank got to go buy him a belt because uh, he probably got kids at home. You know, got to buy, got to pay the rent, got to do whatever. Each one, yes. each one. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, and I've always been you know like, uh, and I'm and it's funny because like people ask me, Frank, why do you keep coming back? And it's really just because of the people that are there, right? Like, I feel like, you know, uh, it's a family that you're a part mm-hmm. of and it makes you want to uh, come back. Now, we got to talk about one other person. Tell me what you think about our good friend, Marion. Uh, I've always loved Marion. When I first started working there, <clears throat> Marion used to work at, we called it Gate K. She was right there all the time. And uh, she was just so polite, like, like just, so down to earth, so real. Like Marion is just the sweetest person, sweetest person, and I miss talking with Marion. In fact, my son saw her hair. I brought him up there one one Friday to pick up my check, and he saw her hair. He's like, "Oh, I really like her hair, Mom. I want to get my hair like hers." Right now, today he has dreads all the way down there. 
because of Miriam. He just, he was like, oh man, he just admired her hair. Yeah. Uh, Marion is a good person. And, and what I like what I like about Marion is that uh she would not hold back. Like she, <laughs> no, she, no. Got something to tell you, she's gonna tell you. Like you ain't gotta worry about trying to figure out what she means or uh, how she feels. You ain't even gotta guess. No. <laughs> and I love that because I, I I don't have that ability, you know, because I'm always afraid of offending people or, or you know, yeah. saying the wrong thing because yeah. I'm a supervisor and I got so many personalities. Yes. Because, you know, let, let's be honest. If you heard that I cursed somebody out, it could be all, all over the stadium. Oh, my God, frankly, whatever, whatever, whatever. So, you know, I wish I could sometimes, if yeah. people knew what was in my head sometimes, but that's another story. Um, but I love that about Mary. And she, and she will go and feed the homeless. She will yeah. go give the last that she has to you and people mm-hmm. don't understand. And that's why I like this podcast because people don't get to, they don't get to see people outside of Bigley Field. Um, I was on a board of a youth program. I was a board of directors um, and we were paying um, board fees and helping out young people that were homeless and whatever. Marion heard about it and joined the board and volunteered with me for a year. Oh. And most people <laughs> don't know that. She helped raise money. Uh, wow. So, you know, uh, it's just a lot that people don't know uh, mm-hmm. about their coworkers uh, that mm-hmm. takes place um, at Wrigley Field. Now, I want to talk to you about one more thing real quick, and that is, I know you, you might not have had time to um, get to this yet, but the book club book, uh, yeah, I, have that. Uh, I know you had a lot going on. Have you had a chance to read any parts of it yet? I'm going to start soon. No, I haven't. <clears throat> With all this going on, because, you know, I had to go out of town. And I know, I know. But, but let, let me tell you, though, you will not be able to put it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the uh, GSAs, uh, Therese, uh, pulled this mm-hmm. book out. It's the most beautiful thing. It's about the first, the true story of America's first black all school, high school rowing team. And let me tell you this, though. It is such a true depiction of what it's like to be black in high school today that I was sort of, first I was felt kind of weird, like, oh my God, do I want people from the Cubs to know what really goes on in the black school, <laughs> the black the black high school? But everybody that read it said, oh my God, Frank, this is the best book ever. So I was like, oh, okay. Because you know, black people, every now and then, use the N-word to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we always say a little, you know, yeah. colorful things yeah. here and there. Mm-hmm. And the book, don't hold back. Uh, it's in the book. And I'm like, how they're gonna take this, but even Kathy Campbell, everybody that read it said they loved the book, and it's exciting because we're having we're actually having the author who wrote the book at the book club meeting on the 8th on Zoom. And um, I'm excited because uh, it's really good to expand and learn about other cultures and how other people do things outside of your own neighborhood and stuff. So, uh, even, even me, I went to Lang Tech, so I'm kind of sheltered. I know everybody tells me I'm sheltered, I'm spoiled. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it was good to be able to recognize Fry Baloney. I remember Fry Baloney. I, I remember, the, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. I remember those kind of things. Crispy. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> having uh, having to uh, dodge gangbangers on the way home. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm familiar with that kind of stuff. I'm used to that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it was, took me back. So you're going to love it when you read it. Uh, if you have not gotten this book, you got to read this book. It's the most beautiful uh, thing. Uh, Jordan is blowing 
my phone up, Sheila. So we got actually, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Frank, but actually, that's the third good book Teresa gave gave Mister Reed. Yeah, Teresa gave me two. Yeah, she gave me two other books. Um, Three Girls from Bronzeville. That was that's a good book. That's a great book. And um, it was another book. I can't. I gave you. I sent you the name of the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think uh, um, I, 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 we sent out a um, a. RSVP for the March 8th book tour thing, book uh, discussion thing. On that form, it asked people to tell us um, some of the other books. And I believe she put down some of those books on there, actually. Yeah, she has good read. What I'm going to do, I'm going to start reading that book. I'm going to catch up with you guys. <laughs> or you know, or, or get, the, uh, get the audio version, because it's free. The audio. If you want to mm-hmm. hear it, you know, you can hear it, and then mm-hmm. uh, that's free. Um, well, Sheila, it has been great, uh, again, to talk to you. I'm excited. Uh, that you got the uh, gratitude journal because I know uh, one of these days. Let me before I forget. Let, let me tell you this: there's some days when people get on my everlasting, or God, say my everlasting last nerve, and just I'm just <laughs> ready to go crazy. Or you know they say that sticks and stones, you know, will break your bone. Words hurt. Somebody will say something to me that is negative or make a negative mm-hmm. comment on social media, and for whatever reason, even though everybody respects me and loves me, that negative comment used to bother me all day. But now I've noticed though, with the, with the gratitude journal, cause I write down all of my victories, the things that I'm grateful for in it. Uh, and somebody calls me a name or somebody gets my last nerve rated and he's not here right now. Someday Jordan gets on my nerves. Like he's young and energetic <laughs> and bouncing around and I love him to death, he's my son. But uh, someday I'm ready to go, like, Jordan, sit, you know, but. I can go to the gratitude journal and just look at what I wrote about certain people. Or like, oh, what about him? And it just gets me out of the mood. It's like, okay, I'm good now. Yeah. So I'm glad that you got this. So like when you have issues that come up, as you know, they do that come up in life. And you're like, oh my yeah. God, how am I going to get through it? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Open the gratitude journal and start reading what you wrote in the past. And it, would, it helps you get through it every time. Mine's will be here tomorrow from Amazon. I ordered it and it's coming tomorrow. You know, I keep God first, Frank, all the time. Like, I, I, I'm i a prayer warrior, like, seriously. And I, I, I actually keep God first. I, I give him 10% of my time, not only my money. I give him 10% of my day. You know, that's two hours and 40 minutes every day. I find time to give to God. Yeah, you know, listen, listen, listen. I, I would have cursed out so many people right now if I didn't have God I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> you know you need something that, that stops you from hurting people sometimes like you know you, you, you yeah need, you do you do you need a woosa uh, yeah you do and I'm like Woo. I didn't want to go to heaven and see my grandmother again my great grandmother again all of them again if I didn't want to go see them again I would tell you about yourself right now uh, oh, oh, and Lord knows, there, there are some fans that some days, whoo, you said, what? Like, <laughs> you call me a what? Like, come on out this gate. You know, that's what I want to say. Like, that's stuff. And it's funny because, you know, and I'm going to let you go, but people see you and they say, okay, Frank is only, what, 150 pounds or whatever, but Frank is from the West Side. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't know Yes. So many fans, <laughs> you know, so many fans, you want, you know, hey, you got to leave the park, you got to whatever. You're going, and they get, you're like, what? I know, I'll never forget the day this fan called me. My first time at Superbars, I'm going to let you go. Called me, or the fan called me a And I'm just like, I had to, I had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, one, yeah. I never been called a 
And two, yeah. I just I'm just like, what? You said what? You know, so um, yes, I know. You know, without some kind of foundation like that, uh, I would be fired in jail under under the grave. So, but I look forward to see you whenever the lockout is over uh, yeah. at Wrigley Field. Um, and oh, by the way, thank you, Sheila, for being a, a Patreon supporter. By the way, um, and because you are one, uh, you have to win a prize. So I'm gonna ask you a question, and if you get it right. Uh, Joyce Wall and Kevin Brown can win a prize. So, Sheila, I'll ask you a question. If you get it right, they win. If you don't, they're going to be looking for you opening day. All right? <laughs> 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 there you go. All right. Let's see what the question is. Let's see what the question is. Let's see what the question is. Ooh, you might know this. You might know that. So, our podcast used to be called Mistaken Identity with David and Frank. And we changed the name this year to what? Is it just Mistaken Identity? Mistaken Identity, I'll give you a hint. Mistaken Identity Beyond what? Oh, oh, it is beyond, oh. Beyond what? See if you can get it, beyond what? Identity? Oh, no. <laughs> it is beyond the ballpark. Beyond the ballpark. But oh, I'm so sorry. I got a I got a consolation prize for them, so I got a second place prize. So they can still they got two weeks still to reach me, and everybody will be happy. Matter of fact, I'm gonna send them one of these if they reach oh, me. Oh, that's a blessing. Give them, uh, dear God, thanks for everything. Um, we'll do that, and Sheila will be in touch. Uh, actually, we won't because if I do, I get some bad news. Now I'm joking. <laughs> No, Frank, don't do me. Wait, don't do me like that, Frank. No, don't. no, no. I, I miss talking to you. I'm like, oh my God. I can't even talk to my buddy no more. You have to pray before you can read my text. I'm only a message. But I told you, just keep me in your prayers because I pray yeah. for you. You pray for me. Yeah. I got to pray for you six times a day. <laughs> We need two or more, Joe, so he can be in the midst. Yes, yes. All right, we're over time. We got to go. Thank you all for listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Sheila, thank you very much. You're welcome, Frank. See you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, guys. If you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding Mistaken Identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. Check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. 
Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Oh, 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 o